Hello, Shockers. This is Scott Pask from the Wichita State University Alumni Association. You're listening to the Shock Talk podcast, our chance to visit with Shocker alumni and others connected to WSU. Our guest is Wichita State baseball coach Eric Wedge, who visited with us prior to one of the Shockers' fall practices. The Shockers had college baseball's attention in Wedge's first season, winning 13 of 15 games before the COVID-19 pandemic shut things down. His approach brought senior third baseman Alex Jackson to say, quote, we're not really going at things from a Division I standpoint or even a minor league standpoint. We go at it from a major league standpoint. We hope you enjoy our conversation with Eric Wedge. Yesterday when I was doing some, some research for some questions and things like that, I calculated um, when, the, when the alumni weekend rolls around, mm-hmm. uh, that'll be your, the Friday of the golf tournament will be your 500th day on the job here. Oh, my gosh. Is that... <laughs> <laughs> does it seem that long? It doesn't seem that long. It does still seem short, but you know what's what's bothersome to me is it's 15 games in 500 days. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because last year COVID and everything. So uh, I'm just anxious for us to to go out there and compete against other teams. And uh, you know the kids are doing a great job with their practicing. You know their work ethic, understanding what's important to us, which we talk about a lot. You know. Uh, you know, two biggest things for us is just learning and, you know, and toughness. And, uh, you know, they're being better teammates. They're holding each other accountable better. So a lot of good things are happening. But uh, ultimately, we want to be able to get out there and compete against another team. Right. Well, I, I'll bring back some quotes probably throughout this interview of, of way back in May 2019. And I, I know one thing you said at your introductory press conference was, I was pretty smart in professional baseball but I got a lot less smart real quick when I got the job at Wichita State. Uh, then came COVID. Yeah. Uh, does that, has that altered your view? I mean, we leveled the playing field? <laughs> no, I, I would like to think so. You know, listen, I've never even coached a conference game. You know, we, we, we didn't even get to conference last year. So, you know, I'm still really green. You know, I still have a lot to learn. And, uh, uh, you know, thank God I've got, you know, Lauren Hibbs here. You know, Scooter's... Uh, you know, he's been fantastic for me. Um, Mike Sirianni and his experience and the way he works and the way he takes a leadership role. And, of course, you know, Pelfrey and I are the new guys, <laughs> you know. So, you know, even though we both have a lot of big league experience, um, you know, we're still the new guys when it comes to college ball. But, uh, but we're both learners, too, and we're both tough. And, uh, you know, we try to get a little bit better, a little bit wiser every day. I was going to ask just, you know, like you said, you got 15 games in. Yeah. And then – you know, like everybody's world, boom, it was, sure. things were over. Um, how did you process that, and how did you help your team process that <laughs> sudden end to, to that? So, I actually shut it down a couple of days before it was officially shut down. Um, you know, we were one of the last teams to still keep practicing, and we wanted to take it as far as we can, because every day you have is worth its weight in gold. You know, it's an opportunity to get better. You know, I still feel like that even right now today, and I probably always will. Um, but ultimately, I knew that this was going to be something for the history books. You know, this is going to be something that our kids, their future kids are going to read about this. They're going to read about, you know, 2020, you know, and I think that's important for everybody to note. So when I talked to the team that day, telling them we're going to shut it down, which was very disappointing to them, obviously, um, you know, we, uh, we just talked about them taking a leadership role in the community, you know, and being responsible um, and having that level of toughness to help others around them, to understand just uh, how serious this thing is and, and how you can impact, uh, you know, your community. You were 
you know, record-wise, you're rolling along, uh, 13 and two. You've mm -hmm. won 12 straight games. Um, did, and I know you'd mentioned there was no real timetable for right. them grasping what you were bringing in. Right. Did you feel though at, at that point that there were there were some connections being made? There was, you know, what they were starting to get it. Um, you know, things would have got worse before it got better. You know, because uh, you know we were 13 and two, and that's that's all fine and dandy. And uh, and they were really believing in what they're doing as well as they should have. And and they were grinding. I mean, they were fighting. I love that. Um, but ultimately, you know, things would have got tougher uh, if we would have continued on. We would have handled it very well. Um, but you know, <clears throat> that type of winning percentage was just not sustainable for that team last year. Uh, at some point in time, it will be sustainable. Uh, but uh, but I love the fact that. You know that they were believing in themselves, and they were fighting. You know, I thought that last game was a great example of that. We were up eight to nothing. We blew it. They came back in, took the lead, and we came back and won it. You know, I mean, that takes some type of character to win those type of ball games. I'll get back to that game in a little later. <laughs> in the interview. That was what I was going to sure. ask about, and then have a parallel to draw. But um, the pandemic, the pandemic introduced some different options mm -hmm. in the summer. Uh, you know, the the. NCA restoring eligibility for seniors, uh, draft being reduced to five rounds, sure. just some different things like that. Um, you were you were pretty clear about your philosophy and roster management and the numbers that you were going to move forward. Mm -hmm. But I was kind of curious, how challenging was it to get to the, the numbers you wanted? Well, it was really tough. When I took it over, I think our scholarships were at like about 16, which you only get 11.7, and we had 50-some-odd guys. So <clears throat> I think just with the transition – of me taking over, a few guys left on their own that were here. You know, a few, few recruits who were supposed to come here decided to leave. Um, and then when I came in here, you know, we had to clean house a little bit. Um, but we've always been open and transparent with the players. You know, I mean, I've always believed that, you know, nobody should be surprised when you get fired or you get let go or you get sent down. If you're, if you're communicating properly and you're being transparent and you're being honest and open, uh, with your people, um, you know, and, and that's pretty much the way it's been here. You know, so if a player decides to leave, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, if I decide to let a young person know that, listen, this is probably just not for you here, um, I don't think they're surprised either. So, uh, you know, we try to always take on that type of mentality. And, um, you know, even this fall, I mean, we're going to have to have some tough conversations this fall. We already have. It just comes with the territory. Yeah, those are, yeah, as you said, tough conversations, yeah. I would imagine. Right. You, just can't, you can't avoid them. Anymore. Yeah, always, because you know what? You can't, you can't keep everybody. And like I told you, this is not for everybody here. This is the road less traveled. I mean, with you know, <clears throat> myself and our coaching staff and what we believe and, and what's important to us and what we think should be important to them in regard to the game, um, not everybody grasps that. And... You know, uh, in turn, part of that's kind of resulted in, in guys like Alex Jackson, uh, Preston Stavely, mm -hmm. Tommy Barnhouse getting a, a, a mulligan. Another year. <laughs> at, at a senior season. Yeah. Um, d does that add to their roles in your mind for year two? Uh, well, it's, it's up to them. You know, I, I say this every year. I, I believe this. I mean, you know, nobody has a job here. Nobody's guaranteed anything. Just because you were a starter last year doesn't mean you're going to start this year. Because we were always going to have a new crop of kids coming in. And there's always going to be people that, you know, continue to develop. So ultimately, from my standpoint, um, you know, what they have, in your words, you know, it's a mulligan. So they have another chance to come out here and do something special. 
you know, whether or not they take advantage of that, that's up to them. I see. Um, and I noticed earlier this week on, on Twitter, Coach Hibbs had mentioned that the 20 major league te organizations that come through here uh, during the, to, to, to watch practice. Yeah. Uh, is that a product of the pandemic? I mean, is that, is that something that is, is, or something that, is that going to be a staple? Is that gonna no, be I wouldn't say it's, it has anything to do with COVID. I, I think it's more about our players and the, and the way they continue to develop. I mean, we've got some young players here that uh, professional scouts want to see. And, you know, that's, that's nothing but positive. You know, I talked to him about it the other day. I said, you're going to have to get comfortable being uncomfortable in regard to, you know, whether it be scouts in the stands or your family in the stands or your friends in the stands. It shouldn't matter who's in the stands. You go out and play the way you play. You know, what you don't want to have happen is for that to negatively, you know, influence you when you're out there, you know, participating. Uh, I equate it to a job interview. Some people interview very well. Some people don't interview very well. Doesn't mean they can't do the job, right? Absolutely not. But ultimately, the way you interview is going to be a representation of yourself. So, uh, you know, when, when our kids go out there and they do their thing, you know, I want them to do their thing, you know, in front of God and everybody, you know, and not worry about it. Uh, and if they just focus on themselves and their teammates, then, you know, they'll be okay. Yeah. What did you witness that day? I mean, did you like They were pretty good. They were pretty good. You know, last year, I, I noticed that when we went to, uh, when we played Nebraska, uh, you know, it was, a, you know, just a fall game here. And we had about 3,000 people here, which is a great turnout. Uh, we had scouts in the stands. And our guys weren't our guys that day. You know, you could tell that there, it was a little bit different for them. And it's probably the first time a lot of them went through that. So that was a great learning experience for us. And I felt like the other day, you know, they handled it much better. I switch gears with, with day-to-day operations. Uh, you know, it, it includes limited to no use of your locker room and yeah. indoor facilities and, and these things are just, you know, just even this room yeah, I know. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> I, um, just i know it's got to be frustrating but how have your kids handled, handled that you know what they've been fantastic and you know i'm a straight shooter i'd tell you if I, if I felt like it was it was different than that they've been great i mean they're getting dressed in the dugout they're getting dressed out of their car you know in, in you know the concourse or whatever it may be um you know they haven't complained about it uh you know, we don't build this program for people to complain or make excuses. You know, ultimately, everybody's in the same boat. You know, deal with it, handle it, take care of your backyard, get out here, get, and let's work to get better. And they've done a good job of that. You know, whether it been, obviously, they're going to get back into them at some point, hopefully, sooner, sooner than later. Yeah. But just with what you've got here now, uh, can you comment on that? Because it's, uh, I know it's... Uh, it's unbelievable. It's, it's almost unspeakable. Uh, I remember... When I played here back in the late 80s, uh, and we were on the third base side, which is where we are right now, uh, but it was a little bit different. Uh, the clubhouse was about this size, literally. I'm not kidding. And um, so, I mean, the resources that we have here are really unbelievable. This classroom right here, you know, actually we're going to be utilizing this today. We're going to do a skull session. It's going to be one of our rounds in BP. We're going to show some video. We're going to talk to them a little bit. Uh, but we can only have five guys in here. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's designed to have 40 guys in here, you know, and so that's that's something that's special. The clubhouse obviously is big league. You know, most people don't understand what that means. But if you look at a big league clubhouse, if you look at ours, that's a big league. I mean, there's there's not a big league team that would, you know, squander that. And then you look at the, the training room, uh, the video room, of course, the coaches offices, um, you know, coaches locker room. I mean, it's in the way it just works right to our dugout or works right to our bullpen with our exit ways is uh, fantastic. So it's one of the top 10 facilities in, in the country, you know, and 
um, you know, we're very fortunate to have it. Well, and I just imagine over time you've seen you've seen every extreme of sure. the facilities. So oh yeah, it's got to be nice to be have this one. Well, it is. And you know what? And we want this to be a home for our kids. And unfortunately, you know, because we can't really utilize the clubhouse, you know, it's not. But last year it was. You know, and uh, guys will be coming over here at eight, nine o'clock in the morning, hanging out all day, and going back and forth to class. You know, so uh, you know, and I think that's you know that's a bond that we want to have happen with our kids. You talked about you know maybe. Things are limited from 40 to 5, and I imagine that trans transcends to weightlifting sessions. And mm -hmm. does has that? And I know you're an early to early to work, late late home sure. guy. But for for them, does it has it extended the days? Uh, well, it's extended our <laughs> Garrett Bayless days, our, our strength and conditioning right. guy, yeah, because he's the one that you know they usually start at 6:30, 7 o'clock in the morning, and uh, like you said, you know they're, they're staggered just a few at a time, and. Uh, he takes them on and off all day long until you know he goes home about 12 hours later. So, yeah, it's been uh, it's been taxing on him. You know what? Uh, you know he's married. He's <laughs> he got a young child. I mean, so uh, you know, uh, but everybody's making adjustments. You know, I mean, everybody has to. And uh, as I mentioned before, you know, nobody can complain about anything or make excuses. You know, we're all fortunate to be here. Well, like I said, I know it's been almost 500 days now, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take you back just a little bit to, to May 2019. And, um, <laughs> the one thing I, you told Mike Kennedy in an interview was that establishing identity would in part be taking the best from the old and encompassing mm -hmm. the new. You're right. And uh, you know, just to start with with taking the best from the old. What, sure. What is that? To you? Tradition, strength, toughness, uh, <clears throat> security. You know, and, and just overall tradition. When I came here in the fall of 86, and of course I played here for three years, 87, 88, 89, I felt it. I felt it when I got here. I felt it when I came on a recruiting trip early in the summer. Um, that's how good I was. My recruiting trip was in the summer of my senior year. You know, <laughs> and I'm being obviously self-deprecating there. The point being is most kids are taking their recruiting trips when they're sophomores or juniors. Um, but I could feel it when I got to the ballpark. I could feel, you know, the, the players working out. I could feel the coaching staff. You know, Lauren Hibbs, Scooter, my, my guy, man, he, he was the one that really took care of me on that trip. And that was something that I wanted to be a part of. I knew when I got back home, like, if, if they want me, I want to be there because it was special. And you could feel it. And then when I did get to campus, and, you know, later on that fall, uh, and walking in that clubhouse for the first time, you know, feeling like I was about that tall, you know, because there's all these guys in there, these All-Americans, and these guys have been to the World Series. You know, it's like, wow, I'm going to have to up my game, man. You know, and that's why I want these kids to feel. They need to up their game because we're not going to settle. I mean, we're not going to come back to them. they got to rise up to us. When I talk about us, I'm talking about, you know, you know, 40 years or whatever the hell it's been, you know, of, of Shocker baseball. That's right. And then just transversely, encompassing the new. What, what, well, so the new is, it's, 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 it's always going to be about development. But ultimately, when I talk about learning and toughness and talk about just overall interaction and communication, that's a little bit different. You know, it's not going to just me telling you what to do. I'm going to ask you a question. Now, how did you feel about that? You know, what are your thoughts on what you're doing? Did you ever think about this? What are your thoughts? How do you feel about it? You know, I mean, are you buying into what I'm selling? Do you have a problem with that? Do you not understand that? I need to know. So I'm going to work more off these players than probably we did in the past. I, see. I, see. I don't know. You, you mentioned just in dealings with, with big leaguers a lot of times. Nowadays, there's a lot, there's a lot more noise going in their ears. Absolutely. From social media, from 
it's hard. It's harder to coach now than ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because of all the distractions. Can Can you draw a contrast between when you played for Gene and, and what that might mean? Now? You know, it's 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 pre cell phones. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 almost pre internet. I mean, it actually, you know, really what really was. I mean, um, so so many less distractions. I mean, Gene, Brent Kemnitz, Lauren Hibbs, they were my world. They were our world. You know, this team was all we had. You know, this team and, and going to school. You know, and, and Wichita State baseball back in the day was huge. And it'll be huge again. It really will. I firmly believe that. I wouldn't come here if I didn't think that. But but it's a lot tougher for these kids today because all they can do is just boom, get on that computer and they can find anything they want to find. And they got people in their ear. You know, and everybody's always available. You know, back in the day, if your phone in your room didn't ring, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You're good. So it's a, little, a lot different than that for these kids. Yeah, yeah. Well, just to, to kind of go back to the, the hiring process and, and you, you coming on board. I know you said the, the seed was kind of planted back when you were still in Seattle and Brent, you, you, yeah. were, you were after Gene, uh, Gene's tenure came to an end and, and you said that Brent kind of half-heartedly, yes. did you come? Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, can, you, can you just kind of Connect the dots from from that day when you said the seed was planted to, to when you eventually. So, before that day, this I never even thought about having this job, but when Brent kind of half jokingly said, "Well, unless you're available," you know, I told him I, I'm a little bit busy right now, um, and he laughed it off. We both laughed it off, but it did plant the seed, you know. So from that day forward, I looked at this as an option, and I looked at this maybe as something I might want to do, and. <clears throat> whatever it was, three or four years later, or probably even longer than that, you know, well, obviously it was longer than that. Um, you know, it just, I just watched them a little bit closer, um, stayed in touch with people a little bit more here. Um, you know, and that's, and that's how it just happened, you know, and then when it became a reality, you know, and I got that phone call, and I really only met Darren Boatwright one time before that, and we never really talked on the phone. Um, but when he decided to make a change and gave me a call, uh, the timing couldn't have been better. You know, I was ready to, to do something else, um, and uh, I was open and transparent with, with Toronto about that. Uh, and boom, we got together in Chicago and we made it work. Yeah. It, well, you know, it is a road very less traveled. Uh, you know, to to go from the big league sure. to this level. And I know you <laughs> talked about this probably until right. until your your voice box uh, goes forward. <laughs> but, but did you? Did you look at it just totally from a Wichita State perspective, or did you talk to guys like you know, Darren Erstad or, or Troy Percival who've, who've gone from big sure. leader to, to managing at their alma mater? You know what? You know, the guy I talked to was Lauren Hibbs. Okay. You know, and, uh, and I, you know, I've talked to other people that have been a part of college, but uh, you know, for me, it, was, it has to be in my heart. You know, I mean, I'm not looking to go anywhere else. You know, the only place I'd be doing this at is Wichita State, you know, where I went to school. I mean, otherwise, I would have stayed in pro ball. Um, but to have the opportunity to come back here and, uh, you know, just get this program going again, like I know we will, um, that was a challenge that I was looking forward to and I wanted. And, you know, talking to Scooter, Lauren Hibbs, I'm sorry, um, you know, he helped me out tremendously. And then I got to the point where he's like, you know, I'd like to be a part of it. I said, well, you are being a part of it. Thanks for talking to me. He's like, no, I want to be a part of it. I'm like, oh. You're interested. I'm like, hey, that's great, man, because I'm, I'm looking for a guy just like you, and you know, and I know you, you know, and uh, so that worked out too. But, uh, but yeah, it was, 
this is the place I wanted to be, you know, and it was, it was the right time. It, it just really all synced up. Well, and you were talking about a, a six-year gap when, between being in the dugout with Seattle right. and here. How much was that an itch to get back to that role? So I was ready to get back to coaching the players and, and managing the team. Um, you know, in Toronto, I ran their minor league system and was really more of a mentor to, to their coaches and, and, uh, and, and whatnot. And I enjoyed that too, but uh, just getting back to teaching and being part of a smaller staff with a smaller group. In Toronto, we had about 200 players in the minor leagues, you know, so, uh, and that was great. I really, that was a great experience for me. But uh, if you know me at all, I'm always looking for a new challenge. Now, the difference between this job here and other jobs is that, you know, you know, I want to lock and load here. You know, I really want to lock and load here. I mean, what I mean by that is, you know, I want to instill exactly what we want to instill with these young kids in this program and be able to sustain that for a long time. Transition a little bit to just some of the individuals that, that you've, by being here, and even if you're not here, you're connected to them in, in some ways. And, and, you know, you had mentioned Lauren a little bit, but I want to kind of go through just different people. And we'll start with Gene. And, and just, uh, I know one time when you were back here, uh, you know, it probably generated good laughs, but you guys, you, you, you talked to a crowd at, their, at a reunion and said that, that there, you guys had a volatile relationship. Oh, yeah. And, and um, more to Gene. Yeah. Can you, can you talk about that, that and how much maybe that plays into your, your man, has played into your management? Well, Jane, Jane's a big part of who I am, you know, and, uh, you know, he was leading that staff with, with you know, Brent Chemnitz and Lauren Hibbs. Um, and obviously I'm very close to all three of them. Um, but when you talk about passion and motivation, you talk about fight and drive, <laughs> you know, that's Gene Stevenson. And that's a big part of who I am. A lot of that was instilled in me with my parents, obviously. Uh, but coming here as a young person at you know, 18 years old and, and those formidable years, or for those three years I was here and what we went through, um, you know, that was real. Now, did we butt heads? Absolutely. You know, we'd, have, we'd have moments, but, but we did it because we were <laughs> very passionate about the same things. <laughs> and, and, uh, and neither one of us held grudges. And I stood on to this day. You know, and, uh, you know, when Gene calls and we talk or we get together or he comes out and watches a practice, I mean, you know, he's very respectful. And, uh, but I think we both know when we look at each other's eyes, you know, what we've done for each other. And, uh, you know, that's never going to go away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how, how good is it to you inside just to have him in that role of being, being around occasionally when he comes by or, or calls? You know what? He's a dynamic personality. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, him just like myself can piss somebody off like no other. You know, and, I, and I'm, trust me, I can do the same thing. And he knows that. You know, but him and I get each other, you know, and his presence is undeniable. So, yeah, when he comes, when he comes around, it's great. When we get together and have a, have a meal together, it's great. Or, you know, if I go over to his house, you know, it's in, in hang out for a little while like we've done. Uh, those are all good times. And you know what? And, you know, he deserves to, you know, <clears throat> you know, to just to really enjoy his time here on earth with what's he, what he's accomplished. You know, he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. So uh, I'm just happy to be a small part of that. Yeah. Do you feel that weight? No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, that's not me anyway. Yeah. You know, that's not who I am. Um, but uh, to Gene's credit, you know, you know, he doesn't present himself like that now. You know what I mean? He's, uh, you know, he didn't have to excuse himself to anybody. Yeah. You know, his, uh, his, accomplish, his accomplishments, you know, stand on their own. Well, I kind of go back to the, that last game on March 8th where you, where you, you mentioned you, you know, had an eight-run lead against Louisiana Tech, lost it, came back and won. 
I know in the, in the aftermath of that, you said we might have been better off losing that game. Right. <laughs> that sounded, I mean, just for somebody who's kind of been in, with an outside view of Shocker baseball for over, you know, since back the time you played. Sure. I, what struck me was that, boy, that sounded like Gene. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably where I got a problem. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I can't tell you how many times Gene would tell everybody, ourselves included, just how bad we were. And it's unbelievable we won that game. You know, he was always that guy. He was that character, you know I mean? Hell, we knew we were good. We knew we were going to be okay. But, uh, you know, he didn't let us know that. Um, you know, the fact about it is I'm always looking at the big picture. You know, at that point in time in that game, we didn't know that we were going to be done. Um, you know, and I was just thinking about, okay, we're 15 games in. We're going to play 56. You know, what happened today can't happen. Even though we won the game, what happened that day can't happen. Now, having said that, does not disturb the character of our team, the toughness of our team, by coming back and, and taking it. But ultimately, when you're up eight to nothing, you got to you got to you got to finish it off. You got to finish it off, and uh, so that's what I meant by that. Yeah, no, and I followed that. It, it just it struck me. I mean, just, like, like, yeah, it's probably something Gene would say. Yeah, yeah. I really felt like, and, and you're not. And Gene wasn't the only. I mean, Greer Jones on a different level with the golf program. I mean, there was just right. there was a. There, there was a not being satisfied with yeah. with just getting by. I, absolutely, that's you've got to have that type of edge. I, I tell players all the time. Listen, when we step on the field pregame, somebody's winning one nothing, and we need to be that team. Somebody has greater presence. You know, are you looking at them or are they looking at you? We sure as hell don't want to be looking at them. We want them to be looking at us. You know, if we're doing that, we're winning one nothing before game even starts. We'll just kind of move it down the list. Of, you know, Brent's another one. Brent, you know, he's been very front and center with your, you know, in your return. And, Absolutely, and, uh, yeah. I know he's a great supporter, you know, behind the scenes as well. Uh, just your relationship with him and over time and, and well, it, how, how it helped you get, get you back here. I'm probably closer with Brent than anybody, you know. And, uh, you know, Scooter and I continue to get closer day by day just because we're in the office together, working together. But with Brent... I mean, he's a great friend. And, you know, he's the one guy that I've consistently stayed in contact with over the years. Um, you know, he has great feel. You know, he's a common sense guy. He's a fun guy, you know, and uh, has a great personality. But <clears throat> the way he feels about Wichita State, that's really important to me. Because I feel the same way, but I haven't been here for 40 some odd years straight, right. like he has. You know, so, you know, he's the guy that's... Uh, you know, that really stands for everything that we want to be about. And uh, I'm so happy that he's still a part of this program, this university. You know what? He does a great job in the community, you know, generating interest or money <laughs> for the university. And, uh, but he loves baseball. So uh, he's almost a, like a security blanket, you know, for me. I see. I see. That's the whole uh, And then, you know, you mentioned Lauren throughout this interview already. But what made him an integral part of your of, of the staff that you started to put together? So I have ultimate trust in Lauren Hibbs. I don't have to worry about Lauren Hibbs at all. And I also know that he's going to have my back and help take care of me as I'm working through this learning curve. Because I'm, as we talked about earlier, I mean, I'm a rookie, you know, and, you know, I've got to earn my status. And, you know, I've got to pave our own way here from a program standpoint, but ultimately Scooter's done that multiple times. You know, and Lauren, Lauren's a guy that, you know, that, you know, <clears throat> he's going to fill in the blanks for me, always has and always will. And we go way back to where I was 18 years old and we're sitting at Pizza Hut together and, you know, I asked him two questions. I wanted to, you know, just tell me I can call my own game and just tell me you're going to help me be the best I can be. 
And he looked me right in the eye and said, yeah, we'll do that. And it worked out. So for him to want to be a part of this and bring his family back to Wichita, I, I can't say enough about it. And I hope we're together for a long time. Yeah. I mean, to, just to have him be forward about that is... Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and, you know, <laughs> he was helping me before I even thought he was an option, yeah. you know, to, to be a part of this. So, you know, for him to make that decision and be, want, to, want to be a part of this, I mean, it, it's funny. He, he's such a powerful guy that it's not just, you know, Wichita State baseball or Wichita State. It's the city of Wichita and the state of Kansas that's better because he came back here. What do you what what do you glean pull from him day to day? Oh my gosh! I mean, you know, emotionally, he's right on par all the time. You know, he has great timing, like he knows when to get hot or when to back it up a little bit, um, and he sees everything, which I love that about him. You know, and I talk to the kids about that all the time. You got to see everything. I talk to the coaches about that. All the time. You got to see everything. You got to feel the room. Right? I can feel if somebody's behind me or if somebody's over there. Or you got Ryan. I mean, you got to feel it. You know, and uh, and he he does that each and every day, and it's not just on the field. Well, and then you know, you talked about the importance of getting the right guys for that staff, and 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 Mike Culfrey is one mm -hmm. who who brought continuity, but he brought what else for you? <laughs> he's got a great sense of humor. <laughs> um, you know, he's passionate about the city of Wichita and Wichita State, and this is a guy that uh, made a ton of money, and he chose to come back here and get his degree so he could be a coach. You know, and he loves being here. He loves working with the kids. He's all about development and learning. Uh, he's tough. I love that. I mean, a guy starts in the big leagues for 12 years, you've got to be tough. You know, and uh, he gets that. Doesn't take himself too seriously, uh, but he takes his job very seriously. And, uh, you know, he's, he's no different than Carl Willis, who was my pitching coach for a long time. He's still he's a pitching coach still with the Indians. <laughs> you know, guys like that with that type of, you know, sense of humor, um, uh, self-deprecating, so to speak, uh, busting chops. Because I'm a big believer that you've got to, to be tough. You got to, you got to bust chops, man. You've got to, you got to get on people back and forth, and you got to call people out. And everybody's got to be able to handle that. And uh, you know, he's quick-witted like that. Um, but his players, his, his pitchers love him. You know, and but he makes a, a powerful influence on our position players too. I see. I see. Well, and he gave you some continuity. I mean, from from. From Todd's staff, right? I mean, that had to. Well, he was the one guy. Yeah, he was the one guy we we, we kept, and uh, and he really took over a major role there when we were in that transition, you know. And he kind of like wore every hat until I got here, so uh, and he handled that very well. Uh, moving on to, to Mike Seriani, who's had some time here as well. Uh, what 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 drew you to him? So, interviewed a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people. I had more interest in that job, actually, than any other job I've ever had. It includes the big leagues. I mean, from professional uh, coaches to, of course, college coaches and, and everybody else, even people out of the game. Um, you know, I had good friends that I interviewed that I did not hire. Uh, that was tough. But ultimately, uh, Mike Sirianni checked all the boxes. You know, <clears throat> you know, his role as our recruiting coordinator is massive and is time-consuming. You know, he's got a beautiful wife and a young family, and, you know, <clears throat> for him to take that role as a recruiting coordinator, not just that, but also the way he, you know, takes charge and practices, um, and the way him and I communicate, and the way he communicates with, uh, with the other coaches, but also all the players, uh, it's massive. He's a great baseball guy. He's a good person. He's strong. Um, he's not afraid to get out there when he needs to. 
um, you know, whether it be calling somebody out or, you know, making a tough decision. So, uh, like I said, he checks all the boxes. I mean, we're <laughs> we're fortunate to have him here right now. I don't know how long we're going to be able to keep him <laughs> uh, because he's got bigger and better things ahead of him. But uh, but we're really fortunate to have him here. Well, and this question isn't necessarily to, to get you to critique the the previous regime, but mm -hmm. what what did what kind of jolt or what did WSU baseball need that, in your view, when you came here? I mean, just a, well, I, I, you know what I mean. Again, you know, being a head coach or being a manager, it's a t it's a tough deal. Anytime you're leading people or leading men, you know, it's a tough gig. It's not for everybody. Um, you know, when I took this thing over, I told them I'm going to be firm, fair, and consistent. You need to know that. You're going to know who's showing up here every day. Um, having said that, you know, when it comes to learning and toughness, you know, that's undeniable. That has to happen here, and it's going to happen here. Um, those of you that can't keep up, then you're going to have to go away. Um, those of you who buy in, you've got a chance to be a part of something special. Uh, so I just think that, that probably the overall consistency of that um, – Emotionally, I don't believe in this, you know, so that was probably one of the biggest things that maybe I brought when I came back here. I believe more of an even keel to where you're kind of living right here, you know. You know, I mean, uh, if, if you're walking off, you know, you, you win a game in the ninth inning like we did that last game, you know, act like you've been there before. You know what I mean? You know, if you get your butts kicked like we did the first game of the season, whatever it was, 12-1, to 1, act like you've been there before. <laughs> you know, don't overreact positively or negatively. Doesn't mean you don't enjoy it. Doesn't mean you're not emotional. It just means that you got to stay in that box. Because if you start doing this, then we will, we will not be champions. Yeah. We'll be champions by doing this. I see. I see. I was going to ask you just you know, and this could be a question I know you could answer all day long. But <laughs> how has the college baseball landscape changed since you played? Oh. Just just the biggest thing that really. <clears throat> well, probably just all the social media. You know, I mean. That and I think the you know the fact that they're recruiting these kids in eighth and ninth grade, which I think that that's ridiculous, you know. So kids are making decisions. I think the percentage is like 75 percent of the kids that make a decision to go somewhere, you know, sophomore year before don't end up going there. So what the hell are we talking about? Why do that? You know, I mean, why do that to the kids? I wish there was a rule that you know you can't do anything until like their junior year or something. Um, but the kids are hungry. The parents are hungry. They all they, I, I get it. You know, we're trying to reestablish our, our reputation, you know, and, you know, I think that uh, we've done a good job of that here in the short term. Uh, but, uh, but college is different than it was a long time ago. But I think just think it goes back to what we were talking about with the kids. Just so many more distractions for these young people and so many more people in their ears. Yeah. Well, and, and I know a lot of the talk around having you back here is, is you know, there's, there's all those College World Series appearances back in, in Wichita State's earlier history, and obviously that's what, what sure. every team aspires to to accomplish, um, do you feel like more programs around the country are invested in that, you know, those, those that end goal than maybe before? You know what? It's, uh, you know, it's, you know, Hibbs or Kenneth or Gene try to speak better on that, but you know, I think it's everybody's goal to go to the College World Series. Obviously, um, I just think it's more glorified now than it was back in the day. I mean, I worked at ESPN for a couple of years, you know, before I uh, went to Toronto uh, after Seattle and. I can't tell you how excited they were about the College World Series because they would be showing them the programs and everybody's vying to go there, call those games. They wanted it to be a part of that, you know what I mean? So, you know, and back in the day, ESPN was the only one showing college baseball. Right. Now, now you got the regional networks and it's a bigger deal, you know, national deal. But, uh, but I think that, uh, 
when you look at the competition of today and you look at the value people put on college baseball nowadays, absolutely it's harder. It's a much bigger deal than it was back in the day. Yeah, yeah. So at, these facilities are maybe more out of necessity as well, right? To stay. To well, I mean, just to, 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 yeah, if you want to be prominent yeah. and you're bringing young people in here, you know, you need to impress them. Yeah. You know, I mean, for me, I, I, I look at these as great workspaces. You know, it's not, it's not just for recruiting as far as I'm concerned. Sure. Uh, does it help us? Absolutely. But ultimately, there's a purpose for every space here, you know, in this clubhouse, in this building. So, um, you know, unfortunately with COVID, we can't utilize that right now, but, uh, you know, what we will in time. Well, it, it, it's kind of funny, that transition back to you a little bit. The, the Alumni Association did a feature story on you back in 2002, right after you, you got the, the managerial job in Cleveland. And, the you know, you were the young guy, the, the, <laughs> the, the, experience, the lack of experience. And now it, it, the irony is that here he is 20 years down the road and has all this experience. I mean, the 1,600 <laughs> MLB games, yeah. uh, you know, all kinds of minor league seasons under your belt. Uh, but, yeah, he's still – you describe yourself as green. But, but there's certainly some of that – a lot of that has to transcend. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It does. You know, I mean, um, you know, I'm, I'm still obviously a, a young person in regard to my experience here in college as a coach. But the, the experiences I've had on and off the field the past 30 years are, are, are real. You know, it's a big part of who I am. It's, uh, and the way I feel about this game of baseball, it's, that's real too. It's uh, outside of, you know, my faith and my family, it's, 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 there's nothing more important, you know. And, um, <clears throat> and I tell the kids that. Listen, if this is not one of the three most important things in your life, you're probably in the wrong place, you know. And, and, but ultimately... Uh, all those experiences I've had on and off the field, you know, just being in, in professional baseball, um, I draw upon those every day. So even though my experience here is, 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 not, is not that strong up to this point time-wise, you said 500 days, um, you know, what I've done the last 30 years I think helps separate us day-to-day uh, -day here. Yeah, and specifically dealing with something that, like a pandemic where mm -hmm. seasons got shut down. I mean, I know you were playing in 94 when the baseball yes. <laughs> yeah. happened. Are, were there any correlations to, to Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, I mean, you know, I remember, you know, trying to go to spring training in 95 and we couldn't go. You know, I was on the roster with the Red Sox at the time and, you know, we couldn't go. We couldn't go, you know, and, uh, um, and just trying to figure out how to handle that and deal with that and still be prepared. So, yeah, I think there's so many different life experiences that I've had that uh, um, that help with this. I mean, um, Seattle, you know, I got sick there for a while and I had to miss some time. I mean, you just you know, you just draw upon those life experiences, and I think our kids have done a hell of a job with that. You know, like we talked to them that that day when we shut it down. You know, a couple of days after that last game, I said, you know, listen, you know, you guys have a chance here. It's an opportunity to be a difference maker. This is an opportunity for you to take to take on a leadership role in your community. You know, because everybody's scattered. I said, uh, and I, I'm, I, I'm not going to ask you to do it. I expect that. I expect that. And, uh, and I think they're doing a nice job of that. Yeah. What was the mood like in that room that day when you had to, I mean, it was Somber. Yeah. Tough. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That was tough. It was, uh, you know, guys felt what we were doing because we were, you know, we were doing all right. <laughs> we won 12 in a row, and we had some momentum, and guys were starting to figure it out. You know, the toughest thing for me is this is the time we lost. That's why every day here right now when we're practicing, it's worth its weight in gold. Because every day you lose, you just don't get it back. You know, these young people, they keep getting older. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you just don't get it back. Right. 
so the toughest thing for me was like the opportunity that we had and ultimately was taken from us because of COVID. How have you been received here with, with just teammates you played with? Oh, man, they've been great. A lot of them have come back, whether it be for alumni deals or other, other, other times. And, you know, I want all of our alumni to feel free. This is their home too, man. I don't care if you played here back in 78 or you played here, you know, two years ago. You know, everybody's welcome here because we're all a family. You know, I, I tell the recruits the same thing. As soon as they commit to us, you're part of our family. And I feel that about players that I played with, players that played after me, players that played before me. You know, I remember when I came here as a freshman, you know, looking at a Tim Raley who was an All-American, looking at a Mark Stanford who was an All-American, and, uh, you know, and so many others. But those were like a couple guys that had powerful influences me, uh, on me when they were older players. Um, and, uh, you know, those are things you don't forget because, again, it's, it's kind of a part of your DNA. You know, and uh, so I hope everybody feels that way. Yeah. Well, I was kind of curious. It's a you know, beautiful hallway down there, and it, it obviously documents Wichita State's great baseball history. Right. I mean, you're uh, you're a huge part of that. I mean, you're <laughs> on the wall. It, it's uh, does that does it just you said you said it yourself. This is the only place I would have come back and right. done this. Is that just more of that gravitational pull? Oh my gosh! Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, you look at, you know. Lauren Hibbs on the 82 All-Tournament team in the College World Series. You look at Mike Pelfrey's, you know, his plaque on the wall, being a big leaguer and being a two-time All-American here. And, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's humbling, but uh, it's also motivating. Mm -hmm. You know, when I look at that wall and I see the last year, it was 96 that we were at the College World Series, that's motivating as hell. It's been that long, are you kidding me? You know, and I know how hard it's going to be to get back there but we're willing to put the time and the effort and the work in and have the mindset we need to have to get there. Thanks for listening to the Shock Talk podcast. For more on Eric Wedge, visit the Shocker Mag at shockeralumni.org.